How can a two-year-old law provide huge opportunities in an underserved market? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Josh Hilgers. Josh is Director of Enterprise Sales at Quote It. And he's been taking a different approach relative to small groups that we thought was really fascinating and that we wanted him to share with our audience. And he's using these things called QSA, QSEHRAs and some other techniques. So with that, we'll, we'll let you explain what those are in a second, but welcome, Josh. Thank you. So what is a QSEHRA? I know a lot of people are, I'm sure, familiar with HRAs. What's a QSEHRA? Sure. So QSE stands for Qualified Small Employer. HRA. And this really was part of the 21st Century Cures Act that was signed December 13th by President Obama at the time. And what it did was provide some relief to small businesses who wanted to actively participate in helping employees purchase their own insurance in the individual market. So prior to the Affordable Care Act, employers were able to help fund individual health insurance tax-free through a couple of various methods that was penalized under the ACA. And the 21st Century Cures Act, again signed just this past December, allowed qualified small employers, employers with less than 50 full-time employees, as defined by ACA, to offer an HRA without having to have a corresponding group health plan, which could be used to reimburse eligible health care expenses, including individual health insurance premiums uh, and or out-of-pocket expenses. So it's a great way for those smaller groups who currently aren't participating, aren't offering group insurance, can't afford to, to really help their employees out on a tax-free basis participate in health insurance. And it's fewer than 50 FTEs, right? That's right. So what does that market look like? What's, I know everybody always says America is a, a country of small businesses. What does that opportunity actually look like? And, and of those small businesses, do you have any idea of what percentage may not be offering benefits? Yeah. I mean, based on some of the research that's been out there from HHS and, and Kaiser and Healthcare Trends Institute, some different groups, we estimate that around 20 million people are not offered health insurance who are employed by an employer that has less than 25 full-time employees. So once you get above 25, that 25 to to 49 that would still qualify for this, about 67% of them are offering group health insurance. So the market really is the under 25 where it's estimated that about 85 to 90% of them don't offer coverage. So small groups, and if you think about it, that 20 million Americans who are working for a small employer not not offered health insurance, it's actually more 
then is, you know, in that quote unquote individual market, that individual market's typically been around 17 to 18 million. So what we saw as, and I say we at brokers who are selling individual health insurance plans, we saw a great market opportunity to work with an employer to really expand that market and help people that already have a relationship with an employer, but maybe don't have coverage being offered to kind of bridge that gap, help you know the employer attract and retain good employees, help employees get some tax-free dollars to use towards their health insurance. And from a marketing standpoint as a broker, being able to go in and write you know, 10, 15, 20 policies at a time, it's really an efficient and effective way to make money in, in that market. So let's talk about the the mechanism and how this actually all comes together and happens. You you pair this by and large with defined contribution plans. Yeah, I think defined contribution is kind of the the grandfather to this. This is the defined contribution. If you if you ask someone to define it, obviously someone who's focused in the group market is going to think of an employer giving a, a set dollar amount and then the employees being able to choose from a few group insurance plans. This kind of expands on that concept where an employer is giving the dollars, but there's not a few group plans to choose from. They can choose from any qualified individual health plan that is available in their zip code. They could also, if the employer allows for it, they could use it for out-of-pocket expenses. So instead of using it towards premium, if they're covered on a spouse's plan, perhaps, they could use the the HRA towards their co-pays, their deductibles, those kind of expenses. But it does kind of expand on that idea of defined contribution and really let the employees have a lot more say of what to do with the dollars available. You know, we've been talking to a, an awful lot of folks about an expansion in direct primary care. And I know with a traditional HRA, you can't use those funds to pay for direct primary care practice. Do you know if, if the 21st Century Cures Act changed that? For, for these groups, at least, that you're working with? You know, I don't. When it came out, there was a lot of questions, of course, that were asked. One of them being, what do you call a qualified health plan? You know, some lobbyists wanted to see if some of the plans like short-term medical or MediShare programs or, or plans that didn't qualify as ACA, you know, bronze, silver, or platinum plans would be eligible for the reimbursement. And some of those questions are still unanswered as of now. So I'm, I'm not sure if, if the direct primary care is part of that HRA eligibility. You've got to love the government. Pass yeah. a law and then answer <laughs> questions as you go along. It's like changing the tire on a truck as it's going down the highway. It's a, it's a blast. But it does make our lives interesting in the benefits arena. And so I guess we should be thankful for that. So you couple all of that with technology. How important is technology in in this marketing effort that you're doing? You know, I think it's crucial because the individual health insurance plans have become less profitable to brokers. Some of the carriers, you know, reducing commissions to single digit percentage, some of them taking commissions away completely because of their challenges with stability in that individual market, that you've got to have an efficient way to do this. And so instead of lining up proposals, spending hours as, as I used to do on the computer, putting proposals together and then going and driving and sitting in a conference room and seeing people, you know, over the course of a few days to sell the, the 20 policies. Well, those 20 policies used to pay, you know, thousands of dollars. Well, now 
if you have the right technology, a lot of this can be done ahead of time. The proposals can be emailed. The participants can apply online. They can talk to you by phone. So a lot of expense is reduced, but it also helps with the cross-selling. Really being able to pair and partner the health plan with the right accident coverage, uh, dental coverage, critical illness, vision, the plans that really kind of complete the portfolio for the participant, make sure that if they do go with a higher deductible plan, they've got some of that gap coverage to reduce their their risk. Technology these days, the quoting and enrollment technology platforms that have that available, really not only simplify and make it more efficient, but it's it's more how consumers are buying products, that Amazon shopping experience where other products are suggested, where they can click and find more information, you know, what doctors are in this network, what are some of the eligible expenses, being able to really dive deep into what that coverage looks like in the comfort of your home with your spouse there with you asking questions. It really kind of changes the dynamic of, of you know, when we set out selling these defined contribution plans and, and using individual health insurance in the workplace 10 years ago, None of that was available, and it was a very tedious process. And with the commissions being what they are today, it just wouldn't work. So having that technology create some efficiencies makes it a profitable endeavor. It doesn't look like ACA is going to be repealed anytime soon, but if ACA is messed with or repealed, how would that or would it affect this arrangement? Well, you know, anything that brings stability to the individual market, I think, is going to continue to promote this. Right now, I think employers want this, employees want it, brokers just haven't been quick to adopt it because, again, without the efficiencies of technology, it's just not that profitable for them. Any of the replacement plans that have been proposed have all expanded on this idea. Right now, to me, other than the stability in the individual market, the thing that would make this really take off is for employee dollars to be able to be used tax-free through a Section 125 plan that was allowed before ACA. So right now, these employer dollars are tax-free, but the employee's portion of their premium is with after-tax dollars. So that's going to be rectified in some of the replacement plans that we've seen out there. Paul Ryan has always been a a very strong promoter of making individual health insurance pre-tax through an employer, giving more choice. So I do think if we see any type of repeal or replace it's only going to expand the possibilities. Uh, right now, of course, like I said, the limit is 50 full-time employees. Only smaller groups can do this. I think that would be lifted and larger groups would have access as well. So a few of the things that we've seen would tend towards really expansion of this idea. In your travels and your conversations, are, are you finding that this maybe helps some of America's smaller businesses attract talent that might otherwise have gone to larger employers? Yeah, absolutely. And when they have the right messaging behind it, instead of, well, we don't offer health insurance, but we'll give you some money and you buy your own. If they really have a a broker that specializes in this working with them and their message changes to, hey, we've got a great health insurance program. You get to choose the plan. You get to design the coverage that's right for you. We've got a licensed expert that's going to help you with that process. We really have seen that. And, you know, with small employers, there's still turnover much more than larger employees, employers. And what we've seen is once these employees get a taste for this and, and design coverage that fits their needs, because it's individual coverage, they get to take it with them. So they go to that new job and they, they say, hey, you know, at my past job, my employer was giving me $100 a month through this HRA to buy health insurance. Is that something you'd offer me here? 
And now that broker gets a referral to a whole new business to come in and, and set up the HRA and, and sell the coverage into a new business. So we've actually seen a lot of uh, those type of success stories for those that are embracing it and really, really putting the right messaging behind what the opportunity is. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. That's really interesting. And, and so that, that kind of covers the back end. Let's, let's talk about the front end. What's the broker conversation with a prospect like? What, how, how does that usually go? Well, again, I would say they want to focus on those who currently are not offering group coverage. We don't want to be in the business of promoting groups to break up their coverage. Sometimes this comes about when a broker gets a call and the employer is experiencing a rate increase that they're not going to be able to absorb. There's no changes they can make. They're, they're going to have to, there's not a deductible or a plan they could change to that they could afford. And so they're, they're going to leave the group plan. And so really it's that you know, hey, you can do nothing, send your employees out on their own to these exchanges, to healthcare.gov, whatever state exchanges, and try on their own, or you can offer a group plan. That's That's been the only two choices. Now brokers can say, hey, there is another alternative. If you want to help your employees, you can offer some tax-free dollars. And on top of the dollars, you can offer really a concierge service where a licensed expert like myself can create individualized proposals. We can talk to them not only about their health insurance, but their supplemental insurance, gap insurance, dental vision, and really help create a package that works for them and have that one-on-one conversation. Well, even with a lot of these groups, they don't get one-on-one conversations with the broker about how the coverage is going to work for them. So it's a, it's it's typically a very strong conversation, and there's a lot of employers that don't have anything to lose. I mean, if you think about it, their employees are, are on their own for coverage anyway, if they're not going to pay for it. And since they can offer the dollars tax-free, there's really a incentive for them to do that. So if I'm an advisor and I go and talk to a prospect, what's the initial pitch? Is the initial pitch that, you know, you're not attracting the employees that you want, or are you finding it hard to retain? What What's that initial conversation like that sets the hook for this? Yeah, it is. I would, I would definitely, and depending on the industry, talk about that. If they're losing talent, if they're not able to recruit who they need to, there is some financial savings. Obviously, if you set up a cafeteria plan and allow the employees to use their own money towards the ancillary coverages, 
they can't use it towards the health insurance premium, but if they're using it towards the ancillary coverages, that could actually you know, offset anything that the employer wants to make available. But if you tell an employer, you know, you could offer access to coverage to your employees for as little as you know, $50 a month, it perks their ears up and they certainly understand. If they, One thing we didn't kind of talk about with the QSCHRA is that it works in tandem with the government subsidies, the advanced premium credits, so that if somebody gets an HRA, it does offset the amount of premium credit they get, but it doesn't disqualify them from it. So if an employer has the demographics that, you know, a lot of their employees are getting premium tax credits on the individual market, well, if they offer group health insurance, it would eliminate the access to that. So this is a way for them to help their employees out without eliminating some of the access to the premium tax credits that the employees might have. Perhaps give them access to a broader benefit array that's more customizable for themselves and their family's particular situation. Exactly. And that they can take with them. You know, if they get too sick to come back to work, well, your COBRA's going to run out eventually. And then, you know, you're going to be in that individual market anyway. So having coverage that is portable is also very important to some of these guys. Assuming that a benefit advisor leverages technology, Josh, what kind of comp does that ends up on an average looking like for a case like this? Well, uh, you know, I'd say if they're using the technology that effectively promotes the cross-selling, being able to sell two to three policies per customer, they would probably see an average of, you know, and again, it, it, this is regional and very specific to the carrier, anywhere from 1000 to $1,500 per employee in annual revenue based on the sales that they make. And of course, if they get into, you know, some life insurance sales or some uh, higher premiums on the supplemental insurance, they could certainly go much higher than that. So you've got it, but not only do you have the core revenue from the products that are being offered under the DC, but you have the opportunity to pick up new clients as well, new individual clients as well. Absolutely. That's a win-win for everybody. We'll break with format for a little bit because we've got a few minutes left. And I want to talk about something interesting that you and another friend of the podcast, Jeremiah Demaray, are doing. And you've been kind enough to ask me to be involved a little bit as well. And that's the Benefit Success Summit. And it, it, I'm intrigued by it because on the face of it, it's something that you guys are offering as a free benefit for the industry. Would you talk a little bit about the summit and what it's going to offer and kind of how it came about? Sure. Well, you know, much, much like you, I'm, I'm out there meeting people, seeing a lot of these trends and, and some of the new things that are really shaking up the industry and some of the things that will help brokers. And so what Jeremiah and Eric Johnson and I decided to do was put together a virtual summit so that there would be absolutely no cost. You don't have to travel, you don't have to pay for a hotel, meals, and the, the registration for the conference is completely free as well. But we've got over 25 of the nation's experts on you know, marketing. So uh, talking about digital marketing hacks, social media, where it's going. We've got some of the experts on specific products. We're going to be talking about some of the hottest trends, you know, things like student loan repayment. Who knew that was an employee benefit? But just to kind of highlight that one for a second, the guy that we talked to on the student loan repayment is going to enable you to free up over $300 a month 
from each of your clients. How much supplemental insurance can your clients buy with $300? So there's some exciting things out there. We've got Janet Troutwine from Nahu is going to be joining us. We've got some of the folks going to be talking about ACA compliance and how to use that as a sales technique. We're going to be talking about long-term care insurance, short-term care recovery. There's, there's a lot of new benefits, new types of products that are coming to the market. And then we've got some key motivational guys that are going to be speaking. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's a lot of good friends. We've got a lot of insight that's going to be shared that's really going to set up anybody who participates, hopefully for the best year that they've ever had in 2018. And we're going to be talking about some of the success secrets of some of the Shift Shapers folks that we've talked about who've just done extraordinary things, and they're all lessons that can be applied to everyone's practice as well. So we're excited and and grateful that you've asked us to participate. There will be a link on the ShiftShapersOnline.com website over in the right-hand column and also in the show notes for this episode. So please go over to www.ShiftShapersOnline.com or go to Benefit successsummit.com and sign up. It's free and you'll learn a lot of really interesting stuff. And I I commend you guys for, for making it available to the industry. I think that kind of information and idea sharing is how we're all going to succeed as we go forward. Absolutely. We all need a friend, right? (laughs) There's enough challenges out there, enough people trying to beat on our heads in this industry that if if we can share some insights and really help lift each other up, I, I think it's a good thing. And that is a great place to leave our interview for today. Josh Hilgers, Director of Enterprise Sales at Quoted. Josh, thanks so much for sharing your expertise. And I'd like you to come back after the summit and talk about the insights and the things that we learned and how it's impacted some of the listeners' lives. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you. Thanks so much. The Shift Shapers Podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.